and I came home December 07. So I, yes, four full years and three wow. of those years I was doing CrossFit. Yeah. And that completely changed you as a person. You know, uh, I, the, the mental shift led me to CrossFit and the dynamic, the beautiful, like the, I mean, it's magical, right? I mean, you do something different every day. You cultivate this community of suffering. It's the closest thing to having a, a military group without being in a military group. And at that point, I kind of had both. I had my CrossFit and then I had the guys that were all, you know, Rangers, Special Forces, Recon. They, they took no mercy on me and they kind of brought me into their group, which was really incredible. Um, and, and it just, it just, it literally changed my opinion and perspective of everything, because if I could suffer that much and still get up and walk, walk away, that was like, I found my self-worth and like that I was capable. And that's, that's pretty incredible. Like to have that, to tap into your potential, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Rudowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. RX Mark Your Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Mark Your Jump Ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles, you can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale 15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mercury jump rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile and me, you may be our next winner. Hey, Christmas. Hey, I wanted to put you in my ear. <laughs> hey guys. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Hi, my name's Scott. I'm the one that reached out. Um, I'm the Clydesdale and then my co-host Charlie is here with me. I'm hey. the friend. <laughs> hey. 
Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you. I, I started CrossFit in 2011, and you were one of the first people I ever followed. <laughs> I'm showing so, my age now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm 51, so. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This is exciting. I, I love talking a lot. Well, good, because that's what this is all about. Um, is my audio okay for you guys? It sounds amazing. Okay, cool. You're, that's one of the best audios we've had. <laughs> all right. Always competing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I am your host, and I am the Clydesdale. We love to do fitness, and these are my friends. And today, we have special guest... Christmas Abbott, CrossFit OG, mega businesswoman, uh, breaking through barriers as a woman in sports. And I can't wait to like learn everything there's to know about Christmas. Um, so we're going to start off by you recently became a mother. Yeah. So I've been momming for two years now. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so what is, what is that like? Mm, man, you think you have a strategy going into your workout and then like halfway through the workout, you're like, this was the wrong strategy. Um, <laughs> I have to reevaluate what, what's like my approach. It's kind of like that. You think that it's one thing and then it's completely different, but it's, I mean, it's like every mom will say this. It's the most incredible thing. I, I freaking love it. And all of my sport ventures didn't prepare me for this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just be, you know, having kids, it's just like a whole new set of rules and I'm learning as I go, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. And loyal, my son is just like, he's so vibrant and such a sweet, but like bright soul. And it's just done, it's done wonders for me, like really, really beautiful things for me and my own personal development. You know, I yeah. like being a mom a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Being, being a parent, they tell, talk about parental love and you don't really understand what that is until it happens. You know, when my daughter was born that first minute, all of a sudden <laughs> it clicks and you're like, I get it now. Yeah. You're just like, how did, how did I not know? Because it's so significantly different. And so it's just consuming, like all consuming. You just want, as soon as they're out of your body, you just want to consume them and like hold them and like merge yourselves together that you, you love them so much. And I know it sounds weird, but you're just like, just, I just want to touch you and smell you <laughs> and hold you forever and stop growing, stop growing. <laughs> and so his name is Loyal and that's a very unique name. And where, where did that come from? Thank you. So his name is Loyal Atticus Abbott. Um, I love, you know, I just wanted him to know that family's always there and, you know, we support each other and we're always, we're always going to fight. Like there's always going to be some sort of conflict to work through or some difficulty. That's not what this is saying for his name. And I just wanted him to know that, you know, family, family is there. And then Atticus I love was from not to kill a mockingbird, but um, that character was actually based on the Greek philosopher Atticus, who um, was a person of the people and very, you know, very much like the character in the book um, and was actually Achilles mentor. So I thought, I thought that was really fascinating to me because I'm, as much as I'm an athlete, I'm actually a teacher. Like that's my, 
my passion and my purpose is to teach and educate and to, to help evolve people. And that I just wanted him to know that he doesn't have to be the Achilles. He can be the Atticus, the person behind the scenes. <laughs> awesome. That's a great story. I, I didn't expect that one, but that is awesome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so I want to, I want to go back to your past. Um, I actually started reading your book, A Badass Life. Uh, I'm on, I'm on day four. Yeah. And I, I just love the affirmations every day and mm -hmm. it, it actually is really good. And, but you do an introduction in that book and you talk about the early times in your life that were kind of dark. Yeah. And, uh, and you had fallen into some very bad habits. Yeah. So we don't need to go into detail, you know, but I love stories of overcoming obstacles and you overcame that dark time in your life. And you say you did it through finding fitness. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, so how did that, and, and there's a statement you say in the introduction where you say you were doing all these bad things and you didn't want to stop. What, what was the switch that flipped to get you to stop and to, and find this fitness world that you live in now? Yeah. I mean, thanks for asking. And so one of the things that I love doing and I'm probably more well-known for other than my fitness is sharing my story and being really open about the struggles. And so that's like, that's like the area where I'm like, okay, no bars hold where I want to tell my story and let people know exactly how deep I was in it. And, and even in today, because that's what, that's like my education piece. That's my my humanity piece. That's why how I'm able to help people. So they know that one, they're not alone. That's huge. Is that like all the feelings that you're feeling right now, that hopelessness, that despair, that isolation, that like not good enough, all those feelings. Um, one, you're not alone in feeling that way. And two, a lot of those aren't actually you. And um, so that I tell my story and I found fitness let me back up a little bit. I'll start with like, so I was in a major car accident when I was 13, the car rolled seven times and flipped twice. And when I say like my sister, she broke two vertebrae in her back. The other girl broke a vertebrae in her neck. And I walked out of the hospital that night. I mean, I had, I had severe whiplash, but I, I had more emotional trauma than, than physical trauma. And really none of us should have lived from that incident. Um, I was already kind of struggling beforehand with, you know, pre-adolescent identity. <laughs> Let's, I mean, it's a really tough time in anybody's life, male or female. And then on top of that, we just like our family, our family was struggling, the, the structure of our family struggled. And so I, I'm unpacking a lot of this stuff now, still to today. Um, so I didn't have, I had a routine and that was completely disrupted and I didn't go back into it. So I love disruptions and routines because it gives you an opportunity to change it up completely and really, really dive into some significant changes. But this went the opposite way for me. So it disrupted me and I didn't get back into my positive routine of going to church and spending time with my sister um, because just life didn't allow that. And so I started, you know, really hanging out with the bad kids and doing drugs and 
you know, I was 13 years old, smoking pot, cigarettes and drinking. That's not, that's not like good decisions to put you on your path. Right. Right. Um, and I kept doing this and I used that as like my power. I used being a kid that didn't care and that partied and you, you know, you knew that if you, you know, like Christmas showed up, it was a good, well, I went by joy then. And, you know, I owned that, but I also used it as my shield and my weapon and my, like where I could hide behind my true authentic self. Cause my true authentic self is like caring and loving and kind and kind of like um, a little bit of a rule follower, <laughs> you know? And so my mom had gone to Iraq and she was harassing me. She was like, tell me, not harassing me, but she was telling me about how this great experience working in Iraq. And so I just tried it. I, at that point I was, I had just turned 22 when a company hired me. And like, I was meddling with like the hardest stuff that you could think of. And knowing that that wasn't who I was, like you knew, I knew that that wasn't who I was, but I was on a very intentional path of destruction and I didn't like it, but I also, you know, convinced myself that it was a good time. And so when I went to Iraq, I, I had to quit a lot of it to be able to get hired on, but I was still smoking and still drinking in the middle of an active war zone. So this is in 2004 when we were hot and heavy in Iraq and I was in the civilian contracting world where we were one of the first group, well, I was like the third group or so to come into help support the military. So the military was able to do their job. And so I gave logistics support to the military. That's what my job was. Um, and literally I had like an, a bomb epiphany. <laughs> like, we were like, oh, it just exploded. And you're like, well, I, I had a mortar around coming to the camp within like the first few weeks of me being in country of Iraq. And that's a sound that you don't forget. And that's an experience that you don't forget. And when I'm telling you one second felt like a lifetime and you figure it fucking out right in that moment, you're just like, that's it. And my moment was, oh shit, I'm going to die. Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. I really don't want to. <laughs> oh shit. I keep making decisions. That's going to actually kill me. Literally. Like I'm, I'm asking for it. I'm seeking it out. And then I want something better. This is not okay. And that was like, that went through my head in that moment when we were getting incoming for the first time. And that like that shift, um, you know, in a weird way, I was very fortunate to have such a dramatic epiphany. Um, and then that shift just like changed everything. I didn't decide that I wanted to go into health and fitness. I didn't decide that I wanted to do something significant with my life. I didn't do anything. I wasn't like, I know what's happening in my life now. I had no freaking clue more so than ever. And what I did decide and what was my North star for the rest of that time and still is today is that I want something better for myself. And that's it. Like whatever that leads to is what that leads to, but I wanted something better for myself. And I didn't think that I deserved it. I wasn't entitled to it. I didn't know how to freaking do it. I didn't know where to start. I just took action and made a lot of mistakes along the way. But the key there was deciding 
that I wanted something better for myself and taking action. And in that action, I was willing to fail over and over. So, so where did you find fitness? Was it CrossFit right away or was it something while you were in country in Iraq? Yeah. So that decision was what led me to fitness. Um, I, I mean, let me go ahead and paint this picture. I was a hundred pounds, barely. I was like 95 pounds. Um, I was tiny. I was 22. I had been doing drugs for almost 10 years. I never worked out in my life. I literally like skipped school. I'd never run a mile. And my friend was like, I was like, you know, I was thinking, I was like, what, what can I do for myself? And in Iraq, like in this military paramilitary company, you have a very strict lifestyle. So you wake up and you go to work at the same time. You come home at the same time, you eat lunch at the defect. Like it's a very simple life. And there it's like after work, you work 12 hour days. And then after work, you either go to your huge and drink and play poker with your buddies, or you go to the gym. Like it's, it's either, or, and it's not like we had all these options. Like I wasn't at home. So I literally only had those two options and I was trying to avoid one. <laughs> so, and, you know, I, so I was like, well, the alternate is I go work out and I didn't like it. I freaking hated it. I, I ran my first mile on a treadmill and I thought I was going to die. I couldn't walk for a week. I cussed out my friend. I, he wouldn't let me quit. I mean, like a mile on a treadmill at 22, I should be smashing. It took me like 15 minutes. I cried. It was not okay. I was not okay. And I was like, fuck fitness. I don't know if you guys need to bleep that out. I'm okay with it. But I was like, this stuff is dumb. I don't know why people are doing this to themselves. This is like some sadistic stuff. And unfortunately, but fortunately for me, it was like, well, I either do this awful thing or I go and participate in my old lifestyle that I want to get away from. So I willingly suffered <laughs> running. I actually, I found the elliptical. Okay. Truth be told, like that was my jam. I was the elliptical queen. I get on there for like 15 or 20 minutes, rock out, toss my hair around when the cute boys walked by. Um, and, and I like, it was like literally the equivalent of people walking around the block. But for me, it was the biggest workout. Like I was at the CrossFit games on that elliptical, you know, that's how I felt. And, and for me, so like, I tell people all the time, like, it doesn't matter what you do, just do something, get moving, get active, enjoy it. You know, I'd have my headphones in rocking out. And that's like, that was literally my gateway drug to to fitness was an elliptical <laughs> and, and this really shitty mile for my first time. So once I got a little confidence after about a month, I, I noticed things were changing. I literally, in my mind, I felt different. I, I heard the voice in the back of my head say different things. And that's what, and so eventually I found CrossFit through the guys that I was training with and continued to put myself through the most tormented suffering of working out ever <laughs> like those guys took zero mercy on me they're like oh you're a sweet little hundred pound girl do your reps <laughs> so I, remember get a, I got a little bit of their spirit <laughs> do you remember what your first workout was for crossfit, for CrossFit. yeah um you know it was it was diane <laughs> it was like so this was the stupidest thing at the, I, for about six months i had done the elliptical and then I started doing some weight training like 
curls. That was when we did curls, you know, and shrugs. And I hadn't found CrossFit. So this guy showed me this video and it was girl, it was nasty girls, CrossFit. Nasty oh, yeah. girls. And, mm. and I was like, this is amazing. That's what I want to do. So I tried to do um, handstands on the wall and deadlifts. And it was like, it was a disaster, disaster. Uh, but I loved it. And I ended up having to do CrossFit by myself for about a year. And then I found my crew. And I remember doing Chelsea and Chelsea, like I cried, I peed and I got rhabdo. So was, yeah. Yeah. My that first was before workout, like people started scaling things, you know, I was like, what's this scaling stuff? Yeah. I started CrossFit at 500 pounds and I, my first workout was Murph. Oof. very hey, scaled hey. very scaled but hey that's actually a beautiful workout to start on for sure yeah um, it, i did it 18 months later fully prescribed no vest but but fully prescribed and just sobbed in the parking lot when yeah. i finished the last mile i i mean like it it taps like people are like why do you cry i'm like it's not because it hurts it's not the physical pain it taps into deep your it like cracks open your soul and it heals you. It pushes all that shit out. You know, people are like, I'm like, I will, I will gladly welcome tears in a workout. I won't cry because it hurts physically, but like it releases, it heals you. It does. So when did you come home from Iraq? I, I spent four years in Iraq. So the first year was like, the first few months was like, holy crap, I'm, what do I do? And I had to like quit, I quit smoking um because I used to smoke regularly I quit smoking and the first year was really kind of like finding my feet and I started fitness and I think the second year I started CrossFit in 2005 um and and I came home December 07 so I yes four full years and three of those years I was doing CrossFit yeah and that completely changed you as a person you know uh I the, the mental shift led me to CrossFit and the dynamic, the beautiful, like the, I mean, it's magical, right? I mean, you do something different every day. You cultivate this community of suffering. It's the closest thing to having a, a military group without being in a military group. And at that point, I kind of had both. I had my CrossFit and then I had the guys that were all, you know, Rangers, Special Forces, Recon they, they took no mercy on me and they kind of brought me into their group, which was really incredible. Um, and, and it just, it just, it literally changed my opinion and perspective of everything, because if I could suffer that much and still get up and walk, walk away, that was like, I found my self-worth and like that I was capable. And that's, that's pretty incredible. Like to have that, to tap into your potential, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you began um, doing charity work for nonprofit veteran groups. Was that your time in Iraq that you wanted to give back once you came home? Yeah. I mean, though, I've always loved our military and um, you know, I actually applied, I tried to get, I tried to go into the Marines when I was 18. Funny story is that I actually had too many health issues and that was before 9-11. So like they were, they didn't tell me that I could sign a lot of waivers about it. And 
So going to work for the military in Iraq, I was like directly supporting them, which meant a lot to me. And that was kind of how I was able to contribute in, a, in an impacting way that I really loved and I felt, I felt connected to. And so when I came home, what I was discovering is they have this like, you know, there's this great preparation and the schooling while you're in the military. But when you come out of the military, a lot of these veterans, they, I mean, none of them have a transition out. They're just like, okay, you're done. Last day, got, bye, deal with it. And I feel very strongly on the military implementing and out processing um, policy or procedure and helping them, helping all these veterans come out, especially war veterans come and figure out how to re uh, reintegrate into society because it's a very different and shocking to come home. I had a hard time. I had a harder time adjusting coming home from Iraq than actually going to Iraq and, and working. So it's, I've seen these guys firsthand. I, you know, everybody lost somebody in the war and it's, it's difficult. And if you don't have that support system here in the statewide, a state side, it's almost, sometimes it's impossible. And it's really important to me to contribute to helping them um, in any way that I can. Well, when you were in Iraq, you had that very strict structure, right? Where you had the choice of either going your old life or the new life. When you came home, that structure is taken away. Was there a transition for you then, or had you built up the habits at that point where it wasn't so bad? I had, I, I had a very difficult time coming home. Um, and luckily because I had the habits built up, I was able to hold on to a few pieces, but I will tell you, um, I mean, there's been a few pockets of my life that I significantly struggled and that was one of them. I didn't know it though. I didn't know that I had like a little PTSD. I didn't know that I was battling with depression coming home. I didn't know that I was like really struggling um, to adjust because it's like, why would you struggle to adjust being in the US? It's the greatest country in the world. And by the way, like you're young and you're fit and you know, you're you're entrepreneur. They're like, what do, what do you have problems for? And you just don't understand it. Um, so I, I did, I struggled really, really hard for about, it took me about two years to kind of find my stride without like feeling like I was struggling with depression as well, you know? And I didn't, I was, not that my ego got in the way, I just didn't know that I should go and ask for help. I didn't know that that was an option. I didn't know that I was struggling. I thought that was just the way that it was when you come home from Iraq <laughs> and it's not, yeah. it shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, I, as someone who has struggled with depression himself, you know, you there's such a stigma in this country and we're afraid to ask for help. And once I got help, it completely changed my life. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I mean, I openly talk about this and I'm recently realizing that I have struggled with um, a, a degree of depression for, for as long as I can remember. And there's certain things that activate it or, you know, I call it the tide. <laughs> yeah. 
and you know people that have had depression or battle with depression you know what i'm talking about the the tide it just slowly creeps in and then you're like why am i drowning in life and it's so simple and it's so easy and like why am i not like why do i feel all these things and the tide came in and that's like when I'm feeling consumed with the, the depression and, and what I've done recently, like I, I had postpartum depression too. So, um, and what I've done recently is I've actually, um, gotten help again recently because I, I felt the tide coming in, but I can see the signs now. I'm like, I am not feeling, you know, if I'm feeling a little isolated, if I'm feeling a little down, it's like sadness is not depression. I wasn't sad and depression is like, it's like, um, indifference, you know, like it's more of an indifference and a fog and you really just, you're just kind of detached from yourself and you, it's really interesting. So I tell people, I'm like, look, if you have any of these signs or symptoms, go talk to somebody because I went into a deep depression and, I kept trying to do what I know works so well, which is good healthy habits, good movement, good community. But sometimes it is a hormonal or chemical imbalance that no matter how heavy you lift, you can't battle through it. Um, and this is really hard for me to admit because like I'm over here like fitness cures all. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you do need a little bit of extra help. Yeah, I, I always explain it as, when I'm in a, when I'm in a good state, when the tide is out, I can see the playbook in my head when it's coming in. I can't even, I can't read a page. The playbook is so blurry to me Yeah. Um, that I don't even know what my next step in life is. Um, it's paralyzing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's a really great way to explain it. And I was talking, I was literally talking to my therapist this, this week. And I was like, you know, I was like, the fog starting to kind of clear out. And she's like, yep, it, it does that. It physically hurts you. You have no mental clarity. You're not sharp. You're, you feel dumb. <laughs> and um, when, it, when the tide is out, when you're feeling your best self and it's the depression's far away, um, it's like a Peter Pan shadow, you know, yeah. then, then everything is clear. You're like, wow, I am myself. And you're right. You can see the playbook. You know exactly what you need to do. And you're excited to execute it. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So let's move into some, another subject. And that is yeah. you became a member of CrossFit seminar staff mm-hmm. and you bought a CrossFit gym or started I a CrossFit opened gym. one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know where that happens in the timeline. What came first? Oh man. Uh, they basically came in the same year. Oh wow. And, and my first competition, I was real busy in 2010. Uh, <laughs> I was a maniac. <laughs> like <laughs> the tide was out then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I'm at full capacity, I'm scary. I'm very, very scary because I'm a very capable woman. And I, I like, you know, I wear my shirt unstoppable. It's like I see the goal and don't get between me and that. It's not best for your for you. <laughs> so people kept saying, Oh, you're never gonna do that. You're never gonna do that. You're never gonna do that. And I was like, okay. I didn't care. I didn't believe them because I knew that I was going to. And I started, I opened my gym through, so I started a boot camp because everybody was like, what do you do? And I just was like, fine, I'll, I'll teach you. It wasn't even deliberate. Like opening the gym was not deliberate. That's why like, I love following your passion because it will always lead you to where 
you just feel like it, it falls into place. It's very organic. And so I started a boot camp because everybody was harassing me about what to do. I used that money and opened a gym. I had no interest in opening a gym. Um, and they harassed me to open a gym. <laughs> and I'm like, why don't you go to the gym up the street? Um, but it's, it's kind of amazing that you already cultivate that culture. And we, so I opened the gym in December, 2010. At the same time, I was interning for the seminar staff. And I think shortly right after that, I got hired on, I think I got hired on in 2011 and um, 2010 was also my first appearance in CrossFit competitions. That's first year they did sectionals and then we did regionals and then I went to the games. So it was um, busy. Yeah. We're gonna take a short break from our interview to tell you about our newest sponsor, Up Before You Coffee. They are an amazing coffee. It is delicious, has different little notes of chocolate and things like that. Um, and it's really clean and crisp uh, when you drink it in the morning, uh, but they have a light roast. Uh, they also have a medium roast, as you can see there. Um, we are so excited about the sponsor sponsorship. Uh, if you use Clydesdale 20, all caps, Clydesdale 20, you can get 20% off your order. Just go to upbeforeyou.com and uh, order your coffee. It's delicious. You'll love it. You said you, you're actually a teacher, not an athlete. And did seminar staff kind of bring that out in you? Or did you know that before? I didn't know that before. So when I was in Iraq, we didn't have like we didn't have instructors. We were just a whole bunch of people that there was three of us to begin with that would go outside and do, you know, do CrossFit together. But we, we, I mean, think about this is like 15 years ago. We didn't know what we were doing. We had no clue. So we were trying to help each other, but it was just like Neanderthals, you know, we didn't understand anything. <laughs> and so, but that was like the first exposure to teaching that I really had um, other than I did some teaching in middle school too. Um, anyway, and I just, I loved it and I like loved coaching and I loved, we all were getting better and that was really cool to see. So that kind of gave me the bug and seminar staff dialed in my public speaking, like, and, and that I do love teaching. I love teaching things other than just the air squat though, you know? <laughs> so it's, I love teaching people, but the aha moment that they have is really why I love teaching Yeah, when they get it. And now their life is forever changed because they, they know something different. The world so, is different. So as the owner of the gym, you got to put into practice things you learned at, in the seminar staff, working one-on-one -on -one with these athletes and seeing those aha moments. So it's like you said, like when you put yourself out there, everything kind of falls in line. Mm -hmm. And one builds off the other, which is, is really cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to kind of talk about is you're really the first athlete that I knew of in the CrossFit space that understood that you could brand yourself and you could make this a career as opposed to just a couple year thing. Yeah. <laughs> So that was me being smarter than I was stronger. <laughs> like, 
Listen, you guys, we already talked about my, just think about the story that I told you about, like not being an athlete and like, I mean, the drugs that I did just a few years earlier, I was like, there's no way this is going to last for me. (laughs) So I was like, how do I, how do I shift into something else? Like, I mean, if you think about it, most in the in professional athletic athletic world, most people have like a three year shelf life of like peak performance. And I was like, mm, I am praying I get three years. And during that time, I'm just gonna keep building my business. I love business. It really gets me excited. Um, so I was like, I, I saw the writing on the wall <laughs> that I was not going to be, you know, the um top 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 individual female competitor so i just kind of figured out where i could leverage running with it like what's the next business venture what's crazy is like when i came in in 2011 you you weren't a games champion but i knew you above those who won the games and it's because i'm a maniac when i do competitions <laughs> and like i get wild <laughs> you kind of taught me what crossfit was as i was following you on oh social God. media so um yeah i mean that it, it's i love i, I have a, actually have a business degree so i love when people capitalize and i love to watch that business sense uh-huh. um and so and you're amazing at it thank you oh my gosh thank you <laughs> i'm 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 so excited to, to talk to you about this because I'm literally getting ready to like, I finally feel that I'm in a place to surge again, you know, like tides out, mama's going to play and um, I'm excited about it. So thank you for that little. Yeah. Little, hey. So, so let's look <laughs> at some of the things you have out now, right? You, first of all, let's talk about your books, the badass diet, mm-hmm. bestseller. Yes. Um, amazing book. And then The Badass Life, which I'm reading now. Thank you. Uh, which is like, it walks you through through 30 days mm-hmm. of helping you change habits and daily affirmations. Yes. I love that book. And I have had, uh, you know, so I, working with veterans is really, really important to me. Um, but also, helping or like working with people that have had substance abuse challenges really like substance abuse correlates to like not really coping with your personal challenges right and that's what this book does is it taps into how to cope with and heal and to process that and I've had several not just uh, individuals that were going through the program but counselors say that they've used this book that um for really great alternative to the 12-step program for people to be accountable for themselves and put them back on track um so i i don't know i just i love it so much it's really important to me and it's one of my favorite pieces so from a book perspective a question i have for you have you ever thought about doing an autobiographical book because your I'm... your life is cr- is crazy amazing it's it's bonkers right it's bonkers i have thought about it um and then so i think that you can relate to this then i get in my own way right i get in my own head and i and so like my success has been 
doing without thinking. And I don't mean it like be dumb about it. You know, you, sm- you, you make smart decisions, but don't over-process like your, um, like whether this is, you're good enough for it or not, you know, just do it. And I have thought about this for years and years, but I feel like now's, now's, I feel like I'm in a little bit of an interim with my life right now where I'm like taking a little bit of a step back from everything in the public eye and I'm working real hard on some other projects. So I feel like next year I'm going to surge again and this would be a good time to write that. (laughs) Yeah. You also have an app. Yes. I mean, who? What people have apps? Christy Sabbath like has an app. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it is, it is full of content. Like so many different programs that people can view on any device, mm-hmm. and do fitness with Christmas, or do cooking with Christmas, That's or right. nutrition with Christmas. I. It is so complete. Uh, thank you so much. I've been working so hard on this thing <laughs> and I'm, I'm really proud of it. So I have, I had another app that I started five years ago um, and I loved it, but it was like, we just filmed one time and they cycle through it. You know, it's like a very tech forward app. And this one I wanted, I wanted this one to be more me you know, like the full experience where I'm doing every single workout with you from start to finish. And I'm doing my favorite cooking meals. I'm doing, I'm teaching you the education of, you know, the concept of badass body diet, but I call it can now Christmas habit nutrition. And there's an express version of that. And I just, I get to get, and we also do mindset, you know, it's, it's really, I want to be able to put all of this information that's in my head out there. And this is the platform that I get to do that. And I'm telling you, I call them my rebels. My rebels are so badass, and they are just, you get it because there's a private Facebook group with it too. And it's just, I wanted to make it so amazing and so fun that people just like me, I hated fitness to begin with but I knew the consequences of my actions. Right. And I want to be able to give people a safe place that yes, we're here to work out and move our bodies. Yes. We want to look good and naked, but there's so much more to it in that personal development and that self-worth is at the heart of this program. And that's the, that's the part that it's hard to, you know, hard to market that, but my rebels get it. And as soon as you sign up and you start talking to these people, they'll tell you real fast how they change their lives. Well, and I've seen a lot of, a lot of websites or apps that are sleek and look really good and then no content or tons of content and you can't find it because it's not sleek and nice looking. <laughs> and yours has both. Uh, it's, it's really a beautiful site. Uh, you've, you've worked hard and you can tell. I appreciate that so much. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you also have a supplement line. I do. I do. Born? (laughs) Born. Um, Yeah. So it's actually called Born Relentless. Um, This is actually, I was drinking my recovery shake. Um, This is chocolate velvet and this is so darn smooth. I, I'm obsessed with this line. So this company approached me and they said that they wanted to do um, a special 
program, you know, a special supplement for, with me. And I said, okay, so what do you, what is it that you're going to do? And I was expecting them to be like, well, we'll just put your name on this and this is what we have. And I thought it was going to be shit. And they were like, no, we want, we are just going to like, you have the kitchen. And so all of the, every single line that I have, um, I actually developed the recipe. So I used to have to piecemeal my recovery products together because like the U S has really shit regulations on any supplements. And so I would actually buy mine from Canada because they had stricter regulations on the quality. Oh, wow. And yeah. So every time, like everything had so much sugar in it or other things, it just has, it was really, really hard to find supplements that either were clean enough or didn't, um, like turn into something else, you know, I'm like, I don't want to be unknowingly taking steroids and I'm very particular about, you know, I was so particular about my workouts and my training. Why wouldn't I be particular about my supplements? And a lot of people are like, Oh, just get whatever. I'm like, well, that's just kind of like pissing in your gas tank. It's not going to work as well. And what's the point if you're not going to look at the quality. So I was able to like take the quality of ingredients I literally handpicked the, these recipes and they're my fa like favorite. We've been open for three years now and actually we're getting ready to do a round of investing for marketing because this is too good for people not to know. I actually have a very little, like very, very small margin of profit because I was like, I don't care what they cost. I want the quality <laughs> ingredients and I won't participate in something that I don't fully believe in. I may have to try some of it. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, um, man, I'm trying to edit my notes. I have so many notes and we're running a little bit long and I want to have time for like a rapid fire at the end. Yeah, but, I got time. Um, my baby's at his daddy's house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if we have a little bit of time, I'll go yeah. back. You are also a trailblazer in NASCAR. Oh yeah. You're the first woman to be on a pit crew for a sprint cup, sprint cup team. That's, that's hard right. to say. I know it is right. Yeah. Um, so what was that experience like and how was the fitness different to be on a pit crew as opposed to being a games athlete? Uh, I was doing all three at the same time. So <laughs> because you can, because this was right after I opened my gym and you know, like <laughs> why not? <laughs> What's the next big adventure? Um, and see, I look at these things as adventures and I'm like, what, what I love is that when I try something, because I always like tell people, if don't, you know, you just have to try it. Don't have an opinion about it unless you've tried it. So if you think that you're not going to like something, then you don't know, shut your mouth until you try it. And I've always been like, kind of willing, I figured out that if I, if I live in fear, Meaning that if I try things that scare the shit out of me, I'm going to have a lot more of an exciting life than people that live avoidant of fear. So I'm going to be scared, but I'm going to give it a try anyway. And that's what this was. It scared the crap out of me. CrossFit scared the crap, crap out of me. Opening my own gym, you know, going to the games, getting on seminar stuff. All these things terrified me but they are the best things in my life. And I found that when I try these things and I feel this fire happen, then I'm like, oh, I'm onto something. This is gonna lead me to something 
it's never even career driven. I'm, it's not, it's just the experience and the life experience that it gives me that I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow this and see where this goes. And that's what happened with NASCAR. And I, I loved it. A year was enough for me. Um, it's a very, very hard lifestyle because you travel every weekend for almost the entire year. And I just, you know, I just was um, ready for a little bit more quiet and, you know, I walked away from a lot of cash, but I was like, no, I need to chill. Yeah. Could you have, could you have imagined that you'd be featured on like real sports with HBO after that, or um, all the, the publicity you got from that? I will be completely honest. I was not ready for that publicity um, because I was such a novice. I, I love being a master of my craft and that is something that is um, true with me and why I have been able to excel in the areas that I do is because I love just like technique and, and practice and really honing in that virtuosity. It's my favorite thing. And I was, I was not prepared for the media hype that that brought, but, um, because I didn't want it to be about being a woman. I wanted it to be because I was the best tire changer, you know? And that can also, you know, my teammates were fine with it, but it, it does create like, it, it creates this idea of like, well, did she deserve this? I'm like, I out hit all those dudes. And I said this one time, I was like, you can't fake strong. You know, it's like, what do you mean? Just because you, you see me as like this tiny little girl that likes to take these provocative photos that like they're actually whatever but like don't think that anything was given to me I still lifted the same amount of weight I still hit it just as fast I was still just as accurate and we have the you know like it's very technical so like they don't it's not it's not anywhere what is the word I'm looking at like they chart your time so you can't cheat it Right. <laughs> so I'm like, come at me. <laughs> I will show you. Um, Numbers don't challenging. Lie. Yeah, I wasn't ready for the hype because I wanted to be more um, of a professional with my credit of what I've done versus like the breaking history stuff. When you and you kind of answered this, but I was wondering what it was like in the garage with the guys. What was it like before the hype, and then did it change after? Uh, the hype came pretty early, okay. which is why I, what frustrated me. And I'll tell you, initially the boys were just like, oh, really? You know, but that's not the first time I got that reaction. I don't give a fuck. So I was like, whatever, I'm here to work. And I showed up before them. I stayed after them. I hit harder. I hit faster. And then we went into conditioning and we did it in a CrossFit gym locally. And I outconditioned them. And then that, that's when they were like, Oh, so she does belong here. <laughs> yeah, that that's so cool. I'm I, I'm glad you did it for a year because it just showed um, that women can do things that men can do, and um, and we've had a lot of guests that have kind of talked about that uh, on this podcast. So that that's really cool. Thank you. The next thing I want to talk about is I I tuned into your IG live I think last week. And it was a response to, you posted a picture and you got some backlash and I loved your defense. <laughs> you know, you worked hard for your body and, um, and, 
if you can just expand on that. Yeah, so to kind of give everybody, the listeners, um, what happened is I, I posted, a, they're called um, implied photos. Like, I, I just like, we were born naked. So I'm gonna be naked as much as I can. And this lady mentioned, she's like, you're a mother, put on your clothes, nobody wants to see it. And normally like, I really do ignore, I ban and delete any haters. I choose to because it's my page. And I prefer to focus on the more positive ones that you know share their story specifically, not just like um, flash stuff. And so I kind of, one, I did a highlight of my career and because I'm not just a mom, but two, I explained that my body works for me. And the aesthetics is a byproduct of the demands that I put on my body because I'm asking for it to perform. And that is, that's it. Like also I was born naked. I gave birth naked. I'm probably gonna die naked. There's nothing wrong. Like you shouldn't shame somebody because they love their body, whether it's fit or not. Like that is our right. And for, and second of all, she came to my page. If you don't want to see things like that and you know that that's what I post, unfollow. And it just like, it got me, I wasn't upset with her. You know, like, I'm like, whatever, that's, that's hers. But what I, it gave me an opportunity to explain that I, I post these things for my story and not for the attention and likes. And that's, that's a big difference that social media is being presented with right now. You know, these, the Instagram fit. Well, and so what, are, what are, oh, go ahead, Charlie. What are some of the things that you, you kind of tell yourself because you know we have and people who have doubters about you know they want to do certain things and talk to people and you know they're people like ah, I don't know if you can do that you know those type of doubt that creeps into people's head what are some of the things that you do because obviously I'm sure you get that a lot where there's social media uh, you talked about it a little bit earlier um, people saying that you couldn't do things what do you tell yourself uh, to kind of deflect that and still pursue, you know, all of these things that you, that you've accomplished? Uh, so this is kind of a, a little bit of a two-part answer. Um, one, once I have, like, when I get that feeling, like I have to, I have to lead, I have to follow my intuition. And that is my spirit. That is like my, my soul speaking to me saying, okay, look, this is, this gets me excited, you know? And when you, when you know you're capable of doing something, the world can, the whole world can come at you. And you just like, I believe that they're liars. I'm like, they're liars because they don't know your capability. They're putting their restrictions on you. And I just have always kind of came with that where like, well, I developed this mindset in Iraq where like, they're, they're liars. And I put that in my head and I'm like, they don't know what I'm capable of. So I'll let them, I'll let them watch me. Mm -hmm. Um, the second thing is that in my mind, when I'm actually in my workout, so movement with affirmations actually sets it in. It's Mm -hmm. so powerful. So the affirmations is really beautiful. Like you can write on your mirror and you say it out loud, but if you're in movement and I did this during my workouts from the very beginning is that I told myself I was the baddest bitch here. 
And in my head, you know, instead of like, oh, you know, fake an injury, you want to quit, you know, you're not good enough. You don't have to do all of it. All that shit is like the liar in your head. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Mm -mm, you're the baddest bitch here. And I say it over and over. And I actually yell, like, I'm a very vocal um, trainer. And I'll be like, mine, I yell mine. So if you hear, that's like, cause I'm saying this is mine. It's mine. Mm-hmm. I own it. And that's kind of what I've done to help create that, that mental strength, specifically in my workout in those tough times, but then know that I only know my truth. So if you have doubts, then they're not my doubts. They're your doubts about me, which is untrue. Right. <laughs> so we talked about negativity on social media and how you kind of deal with it. Then you ban and delete. Then you, you go, go on. Then you go <laughs> on, on a reality. <laughs> yeah. Then you go on a reality show. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> did they? Did that go through the roof? Then the negativity, or oh, yeah. because it because of the because of the way it's built, you didn't even see it for the time you were in, right? Nope. It all like hit you like a waterfall once you got out. That is very accurate. <laughs> and so, that tide came in. <laughs> so my family, our, our guilty pleasure every summer is to watch Big Brother. You know, it is a fun show to watch. <laughs> I will, and I get opinionated about it too. And I'm like. <laughs> so so you, you, your first season was I think 18, 19. 19. 19. And then you did it again in 20, Big Brother 22. Yeah. <laughs> what was that experience like? And was there a difference between the two seasons? Huge difference between the two seasons. So the first season I broke my foot and I was not able to use my physical ability at all. Plus I was on pain meds the whole summer. So like I was a little confused a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> and, and like it was we were there having a great time. Like everybody except for one person had already been there. I mean, hadn't been there before. So we, we were all just kind of like figuring it out together. Imagine a whole bunch of newbies trying CrossFit for the first time. We're like, cool, we're having a good time. We're doing it all wrong. And then the second time was with sharks. Like these are the best of the best for over two decades. And I walked in with like my serious pants on, ready to compete. And it was a very, so like, the the playfulness was not there as much you know people were much more guarded people were much more um very strategic and ev- like everything every movement had an impact and where the first season was just kind of like we're just have hanging out and having a good time and yeah we're strategizing and yeah we're doing this but like not you know like it was not nearly as serious um, so I had, I mean, I had a great time both times. I prefer the second time because I didn't break my foot. Yeah. How frustrating does it get when people don't listen to you when you know something is going awry or somebody is backstabbing or some, and you're trying to tell your team and they're just like, oh, you're, cause I can, I'm looking at the TV going, oh my God, I would, I would be going nuts. Yeah. You know, um, you got to kind of control that. And I, you know, I, it's a, it's insanely stressful in that house. Like you, so everybody went into, you know, we went into COVID last year, everybody got stuck at home and people were losing their freaking minds. Right. 
but you're still with your family. You're still able to call people. You're still able to watch TV, go outside, do all those things. So imagine being locked in the house, but you don't get any of those other things that keep your sanity. And so you just, it's a pressure cooker and it happens fast and you lose your mind and you lose perspective and you lose like, so that's what it is. People are like, oh, she's just getting paranoid. Oh, she's just like spinning out. Um, but I think that about other people too. I'm like, oh, they're losing it. They're losing it. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't, sometimes you don't know if you're the one that's losing it or they're the one that's <laughs> losing it. It's, it's just like, I mean, it's, it's a fun, it's a mad fun house. <laughs> you're just like, what? Uh, it's a matrix. I don't know. It's just very confusing. And, and how different is reality in the house to what you see on TV? It's not even close. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's a completely different show. What what you see on TV and what happens in the house. Yes, they have, have it filmed, but it is a completely different experience for all parties involved. Um, so it's, it's funny because people are like, you did that. You are, that is you because you were on a reality show. I saw you, you were in the house. And you're like, wait a minute. If I came and watched you in your house, you're telling me that you wouldn't do anything that would be subject to critic, you know, criticism. Yeah, I can tell you that is true. Now, if you went and you got isolated with people that are trying to evict you and you're trying to win half a million dollars, you're going to tell me that you would be completely yourself and normal. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah, it's, it, it's a crazy show. We, we get sucked in every year. Um, we were rooting. I got to tell you, my wife is a huge fan of yours. Oh, so um, what's her name? Julie. Julie. Hey, Julie, what's up? And <laughs> she has never wanted to be on this podcast. When I told her you were going to be on, she goes, can I be a co-host? Why didn't you let her? Where is she? She's upstairs working. <laughs> Oh, savage. <laughs> yeah, he does her. Yeah. She's even in the same place. And he's like, nope, honey, you got to get out of here. Yeah. People think I'm savage. Holy cow. She's a huge fan. Um, so I want to finish up with some rapid fire questions uh, and maybe get some discussions out of it. But um, so the first one is, are you an early riser or a night owl? I'm both. Uh, depending on the tide, you know, talking about the tide, I love waking up at like six to 7 a.m., but I get my most creative thinking and playfulness um, sitting on the couch with the TV in the background, working on my computer at like 10 o'clock at night. Cool. So I like, I prefer to go to bed early though. I try. What is your favorite thing to cook? Oh man, I don't know. Like I love baking. I'm a baker. Okay. Surprisingly. Like, well, I got I this with cooking desserts. from Christmas, cooking with Christmas. Oh yeah. I love, I love cooking everything. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, nothing, no one particular thing. I just really enjoy it, but I love baking. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite thing to do with loyal. Oh, one cuddle. Like seriously, I just will octopus him you know, just hold on to him. Uh, but I love taking him to adventures. So we go out to like the splash pad and stuff like that. And just seeing him get so excited. He gets so thrilled when we go on little adventures as we, we call them. That's fun. <laughs> Cat or dog? Dog. Yeah. I go allergenic dog because I'm allergic to both. <laughs> <laughs> I still have health issues. Did you have a dog named Murph? 
Uh, Fran. Fran. English Fran. bulldog. She's with my old business partner because she's kind of like the gym dog and I just couldn't take her from her community, to be honest. And she she is almost 14 years old. Oh, wow. She came home. Like, I got her right when I came home. She was born in 2009. Wow, that's cool. And so are you Eight. still with Invoke or is, is that now just your business partner? Um, I sold it almost two years ago. So I sold it in it was crazy right before COVID hit. And, um, I just went, I really wanted to have more time with loyal and doing the gym and my app and being a full-time mommy, uh, was, I was like, Nope, I gotta, I gotta cut one cord. So, but I love it. It's still thriving today. We've been open. Um, was this 21, uh, we've been open 11 years. Yeah. Very cool. I, I checked out the website today. Uh, just to see if you were still there or not. And uh, yeah, it looks like it's thriving and tons of coaches. And yeah, yeah, I'm really proud of that. I built that, you know, that was the gym that I opened and I built that from the ground up. And I took uh, what I learned at the seminar staff and trained all my coaches and we have zero churn. Um, so some of my coaches there, a handful of them have been with me since the boot camp, And wow. the other ones were within the first two or three years and we've been open 11. So it's, I'm really proud of that community. I, I love and miss them a lot. Yeah. And you're living in Florida now? I'm currently in Florida. Yeah. Not yeah. too bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, now I have some tattoo questions for you. Ooh. So what is your favorite tattoo? Uh, my rib cage. Your rib cage. Yeah. And it is... Um, it's a compass rose. Okay. And it's, yeah, I just, with a, a watch, it's, it reminds me of my grandfather. Um, we always kind of, you always kind of figure out where your due north is. And I like that. He just like, he had such good morals and he just always did the right thing. And he's literally the best man that I've ever known. And he just like, I, he, he, um, he, I, I aspire to be a lot like him. So <laughs> that is, that is awesome. Your first tattoo. One on my, my hip, not the gun. That's uh, one on my hip. That was, I was 15. And it's, uh, it's, you know, old school flower uh, with like my little A in there hidden and very thick ink, heavy handed. <laughs> what was the most painful tattoo? Rib cage, for sure. We did that in two sessions. One was a five hour session. One was almost a six hour session. And it was just, I mean, it was dumb. Literally, I've never <laughs> bitched out on anything before. And I, <laughs> as soon as we started three minutes later, I was like, I gotta stop. And then I, I like, I was like, I sat up and I said, do we have to do this today? And he had fast tracked me to get me um, done. And he was like, yes. So I went in the bathroom and I looked at myself and I had to get in competition mode. I had to like, I had to like baby monster this thing. And it was intense. Wow. I'm glad I got it done though. What is the perfect date night? I'm a chill kind of girl. I don't even want to go out to dinner. Like cook me some dinner um rub my feet let's watch a you know either you know really fun movie um bicycle riding going on a boat I don't know 
I don't date much. <laughs> I'm a homebody. Uh, what is your favorite photo shoot that you've ever done? My, this is a biggie. Holy cow. Um, like most fun? Yeah, whatever your favorite is for whatever reason. Um, I've, I've, I don't know. I've had a lot of fun. So this guy, Furry Photos is amazing. We did, I mean, he's just like spectacular. We had such a good time. And then also my, uh, Paul, we did for Strong Magazine down in, um, down in Mexico. Um, also, I mean, I don't know. I, I had, we have such a good time. I did this old Vegas shoot too. The, um, I did a CrossFit shoot that was really amazing. I don't know. I, that's a so many. That's like so many. It's like frying my brain right now. <laughs> like stumped me. Which talk about photo shoots? I, I've had could, a lot of fun. Could you ever have dreamed when you were a little kid that you were going to be on the cover of magazines? Heck no! Are you kidding me? Holy cow! I still like look at magazines. Like oh my god, that's me. I don't know. It just still kind of feels you, unreal. <laughs> and you've been on a lot, right? Like it's yeah. On in. Um, I think I've been on around 10 covers. That, that's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. So what is your favorite sport to watch? To watch? Um, I love going to state football games, like actually going to the football game. I don't go to a lot, but I really, really enjoy that energy, that college hype, you know, it's, it's big and in Wolfpack, I'm gonna go ahead and say it, Wolfpack, um, they have killer games. So I really, yeah, I like that one. Otherwise, I don't know. Like I like to play tennis, it's my other sport. Are you good? Oh yeah. Yeah. Once I figure out the technique, I'm like, watch out now. I'm a and, and you junkie. are so competitive that you will figure out the technique. <laughs> well, I like, I really appreciate like things that are like whimsical. I don't get, I'm like, nope, mm -mm. I need to know perfectly technique. And then I can practice it and hone in my skill. And then like, that's, that's when you got to watch out. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean to be like, I'm not competitive with you. I'm competitive to see like how good I can get. Yeah. Which is a very different mindset than some competitors. Totally get it. Well, Christmas, man, this has been one of my most favorite hours I've ever done. Oh man, uh, <laughs> it's so cool. You've been on my wish list for a long time, and so glad we got to talk. And well, thank you for being patient with me. I know, like you know, we, I came out of the show and and struggled to find my footing, and now I'm finding my stride. So I appreciate your patience with that. Oh, not a problem. And when you have these other big creative business ventures come out, we'd love to have you back on and talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to put in the work first. <laughs> yeah. For well, sure. Thank you. thank you so much for doing this. Um, oh my you gosh, are my awesome. Pleasure. You're an amazing woman. And uh, I can't wait to share this with the world. I appreciate you so much. And hey, listen, you go tell your wife hello for me. Okay. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I, I'm will. not getting in trouble for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's going to be mad. I didn't call for her to come down. That's <laughs> yeah. It's on me. I know. You don't know. want to call her now and say hi. I'll see if she's up there. Okay. Hey, Julie.
Let me call her. Yeah. <laughs> I just, listen, I don't want you to get in trouble. You know, a mad wife is scary. <laughs> right. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. And I love, I love like, I'm just saying, you know, I do it all yeah. like, let's FaceTime. Hey, Christmas wants to say hi to you if you come down. <laughs> She's like, you're lying. Hold on. What? Christmas wants to say hi to you if you come downstairs. Oh my God, I look awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hide my eyes. Okay. My daughter's coming too. Oh, this is good. A family affair. <laughs> Listen, you're going to get dad of the year. <laughs> And you'd be yeah. like, look, I made her say hi. I totally was like, you got to do this. <laughs> That's what you got to say. <laughs> <clears throat> Working those daddy points. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you yell for mom, but she had her headphones and she looked at me like, what are you talking about? Working from home we have. So there I they are. Hi. hi. Oh my gosh. Good to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Here. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> hey, how are you and your son doing? You guys are so cute. Uh, <laughs> so well. Yeah, we're, he's out, out of school this week. So I just, yeah. uh, you know, kids with COVID, they had to shut down the school. So I had to shut down a lot of my work, but you know, he's cute. He cuddles, he kisses me back. <laughs> Aww, enjoy that it won't last. <laughs> I know, he's already, he's already pushing me away. And I'm like, I thought I had a few years before you start rejecting me. <laughs> yeah, it's great to meet you. We're big fans. We've nice watched the big brothers too. that you've been on. And yes. uh, thanks. I appreciate it. And of course, yeah, we just had that. an amazing podcast uh, with Scott. Cool. It was so good. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we always admired your uh, tenacity to stick to the game on Big Brother, and uh, even though it's a very emotional thing, mm -hmm. um, and we know nothing except as spectators, but we always <laughs> kind of thought you had the strength and power that a lot of the women didn't have on there. To, a lot of gumption. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I hope that they start casting more powerful women, you know, yes. that or unapologetic about who they are and unapologetic about winning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. Well, nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. you so much. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> awesome. Good job. Thank you, Thank you Christmas. <laughs> You're very welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> no problem thank you so much all right thank guys you. charlie nice to meet you scott thank you, you so too. much yeah. bye. bye thank you for joining us on the clydesdale fitness and friends podcast remember you can find us now on youtube as well as all major podcast platforms please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.